guys want to battle some space? Yeah. I would like to fight the stars. Let's go find Eshka. In front of the abyss. Right. Where could she be? Where so, could she be? Mm-hmm. And this is this is a thing that I wanted to to float by people, which is we're gonna go after Ashka, our very capable friend, and not the group of magical children that aren't responding. We all that we know is that Kiyama radioed you guys saying that we have a lead on Eshka and they're going to come talk with us to figure out. Not necessarily what that's what we're going to do. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I haven't even made it back to the ship yet kind ah. of thing. Yeah. I also don't know. Yeah. Do we have any sense? Like, we don't have any sense of where they went, right? Like, the we don't Jedi- even know if they actually made it off. Yeah. Like, we don't have any sense of their well-being or their location. And if we had a hint on either of those fronts, it would perhaps be a different story. But following what we know seems like a good use of time. Hey, Celia, can you move your mic a little closer? I can. Is that better? Yes, that's much better. Great. Uh, so, Kiyomo, you return to, uh, what, what did we, the, the Hulk? Uh, the, the old hunk. The, hunk. the, old, the old hunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you make your way back to the the old hunk. Um, you can see inside that um, you know Mia is just uh, screwing back on some panel on the on the side of the ship near the engine compartment, and uh, in the common area, uh, Colette and G are playing uh, hollow backgammon. Every time you say hollow backgammon, I think of Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani. And I feel the need to share that. Yeah, you can tell that uh, though Colette has been around the track a few times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that took me that long. <laughs> uh, she's not just going to give it up like that. Um, no, she's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> We could just giggle at my wit all night. Um, what are you telling the group? I mean, I would imagine people are looking over. Kiyama has just come in. Yeah, I, um, I'll walk in and just sort of nod to me and kind of, I mean, it's a small ship. We're kind of all together uh, and just sort of. We've been pretty invested in this back in the game, to be perfectly honest. Okay, uh, just, I think, yeah, I've just palmed to the face right there and. She'll look to Mia and just be, did you hear the comm go off? Mia's going to pause. She's looking up from a, like, user manual or I want to say, like, the, like, landing locks for the the, the ship. And she's just going to stare for a really long, like, 30 seconds maybe at Kiyama. I'd get the impression she doesn't even know what day it is. <laughs> think she's been uh, studying too hard and hasn't slept enough. So with that knowledge, I'm going to go over and, you know, ha- you know, at the controls, bring up, close the gangplank. I don't want the red suns coming in without us knowing while I get them updated. Sure. I don't know how close they are. And uh, as, a, as a quick aside, Mia, um, the... The old hunk is a wayfarer class medium freighter. Okay. Um, well, that is going to, I had hoped one of you guys had had the calm on you, but whatever. Um, Yama, as you prepare to talk about um, 
what you were going to mention. Um, can you please give me a vigilance test? Oh, no. Not because I'm bad at it, but usually because I know what vigilance means. Okay, uh, so triumph. That's very exciting. Um, so I just needed to get this session's points. So you were close to Luke. You have heard a lot of the stories of rebellion from his side of things. You've heard a lot about uh, his adventures in between. You know, Mia is his blood, um, as is Ronus, but there are very few people in the galaxy who could be said to know him better, especially as your memory has come back over time. And a powerful memory comes back to you as you are about to make the recommendation of the course that you had decided upon last session is that it's it's a trap essentially this prescience these visions this insights into things elsewhere and things gone by you eshka can handle herself and those people in the jedi temple one way or another are beyond your aid and making a decision with you know, your heart and your reaction may not be, it's certainly not the Jedi thing to do, and it may not be the right thing to do. You have a responsibility, that huge shadow lurking in the background, the, the shape beyond the burning Jedi temple, the person that's responsible for all of this is still out there and still, as far as you can tell, you know, invulnerable and invincible effectively. And Taking the time away to, you know, wander around in hut space in search of Eshka or, you know, go back to Synect Ray, no matter how much it would mean to you, those things don't serve that end or that purpose. They're not where you're, they're not where the force is guiding you to if you stop and listen. And you can fight against it just like Luke did, but, you know, you'd just be repeating his mistakes. Okay. Um... With that realization, I will kind of once again look up to everybody and say, there are a couple things I need to update you guys on. Um, we're probably going to have company here in a little bit. I don't know how much time. Not deadly company. I think I can convince them to fuck off. Um, but uh, some Red Suns, for their own interests, offered to help us find Eshka. Um, which we can take that offer for of their assistance and follow that however long we want. Um, the, but I don't know if that's what we should do. And the reason is I've been worried since we went to the mine and found Tenebris that during my, those six months that I don't remember that I was used in a similar way. and. While on Velamin's ship, he confirmed that I was used as a vessel for his master for about six months, and that he's probably looking for me again, or will soon. There's a... I don't exactly understand how it works, but at least Force users are more susceptible to his abilities when they're emotional, or whatever, which I'm not great at not being. And that's why Velamin wants 
that's why Velamin wants our aid, so that I don't get used in a similar way, and neither does he. It's still a rocky partnership. Um, he and I are definitely both not ready for any of state of the amount of calm that it will take, I think. Um, but basically, we're free to do what we want, and he'll let us know when, on his terms, that he's ready for us to go to Agmar. Calette, uh, can you give me an education roll, please? Yes. Oh, I think upon noticing that and Colette, Kiyama's <laughs> just going to do a double tango. I honestly didn't expect you to still be here. Colette, you have no clue what the fuck she's talking about. Velamin uh, yeah. <laughs> as a master, they're in cahoots somehow. They need to be calm. Kiyama's not good at it. You, this, this is maybe the most gobbledygook that you've ever heard. Yeah, I just, I just stare <laughs> at Kiyama, just like furrowed brow, like squinchy mouth like what like what the what the fuck are you talking like i don't say this but my face is saying what the fuck are you talking about and then out loud i'll say uh what yeah i'm gonna be honest i forgot you were here um like while you were talking just now no just period (laughs) (laughs) i thought you would have left as soon as we'd landed no i'm i'm trying to lay low for a little bit figured since we're all kind of well i i thought we all kind of had the same goal now i'm not so sure your new republic right yes i just i have no standing in the new republic other than i guess what respect they offer for me as a jedi but anything that you've seen since we let you out and let you come with us will be strictly off the record i hope you are Understand. Don't worry, I'm, don't worry, I'm good at off the record. And this is good. Camel will just give a little smile at that. And then to Ji and Mia, just, I don't really know where to go next. I don't know. I had a vision that the Jedi Temple burned. And I don't know if any of them made it out. And they are out there somewhere, or if I'm the last so, but if they made it off, they'll be okay, and living can't help the dead too much. So, I guess I leave the decision to you two if we want to go after Eshka or not. She can you also give me a vigilance roll? Yeah. I don't think this is your intention, but if you just keep asking for vigilance rolls, it will <laughs> drastically <laughs> increase the stress over time. <laughs> Success. Okay. Uh, so with one success, uh, G, you feel sort of the cosmic rightness of, um, it's strange, you know, because you have a very emotional kind of attachment to, uh, community and, um, the people that are surround you, you know, just based on your backstory. And, you know, I, I imagine that she liked Eshka quite a bit as well as, mm-hmm. um, as well as well as VC uh, twenty and probably Ronus too. Um, carrying on with what your mission is feels just sort of right to you. You know, you G they they they're very preoccupied with like the the, the cosmic force over the living force, and the sense of destiny is kind of suffusing the choice to leave your friends behind. It maybe doesn't sit entirely 
right with you uh, on an emotional level, but at the same time, there is a sense of that is what's right on a, on a, on a level above the purely organic and kin selecting. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll relay that. We have worked with Ashka long enough to trust her. And I mean, there's a reason that she always had such a big bounty on her, and it's the exact week that she could get out of scraps like this one. It's, it's my belief if the temple has been burned, and there's anything salvageable, or there's anyone there who can be helped, um, that they're going to be in a much worse position to defend themselves than Meshka. You can also give me um, an education test. G. Okay. Um, so that shakes out to a triumph and three more successes. Uh, so a lot. <clears throat> um, so you had um, four kind of places that uh, were documented by Tenebris that yes. uh, Plagueis had gone to. Uh, there was Agamar, which you know you know yeah. about. Enoth, Naboo, Agamar, and Treywith, right? Right. Um, so Treywith maybe is a dead end. Um, a little frightening to head back that direction. Um, so, to be fair, the person that narked on us is dead now, right? Well, you don't know that. We um, know that they... Sorry. Whoa. It, was that incredibly ominous, or am I misremembering something? Was that not the person who had their head separated from their body after a sweet backflip by Valinan? Oh, no. Uh, Tenga's dead, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There were still other members there, though. Yeah. yeah. But now there's a power vacuum, and we can fill that. Essentially, yes. Um, there is also uh, Anoth, which has been visited before. I sort of know the score with Anoth. Uh, and there's also Naboo. Do we have any leads on what is at Naboo, other than that's where Darth Sidious was at some point? No. I mean, your sort of intuition when you were first studying it was that the reason for Plagueis' frequent visits was... Um, he was in the process of tempting and or corrupting uh, the younger Darth Sidious. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not opposed to necessarily going there and seeing what we can do, but I don't I don't know that we'd have any plan beyond ask about the long dead God Emperor, and I don't. It, it feels like that would also draw some negative attention. Uh, as they say that, uh, Colette, can you give me a uh, a core world's role, please? can okay uh so you know the reference to the god emperor um is to uh is to palpatine uh the the emperor um of the well the, the empire um the the successor state to uh both the the free realms league and the true empire um the role is because it is not exactly a matter of uh public knowledge that the emperor was also a dark lord of the sith um but uh -huh. you you know that um, because you are a smart cookie. Yes, I am. Um, so that is, uh, it sounds like two votes for going elsewhere, possibly Naboo, possibly Sinek Ray. Uh, what do you say to all this discussion, Mia? So when all of you most recently functioned on no sleep, for me, that was less than a week ago. So I'm feeling some deep sleep deprivation in Mia's soul right now. And I think that she just bursts into tears. Oh, oh no. Yeah. I think that she doesn't know what to do. 
She doesn't want to leave her best friend uh, in the clutches of people who want her dead. She wants to go and find her baby brother and see if he's alive. She wants to find her big brother and see if he's alive. She wants to find Uncle Luke and see if he's alive. And only two of those overlap with each other. And she is just very, very tired and upset. I'll, I'll take Mia's, I'll put an arm around her and just kind of guide her to a chair and make her sit down. Yeah. She'll mix a little, little concoction um, to help her just sort of steal herself. Some quick crying juice. Less so quick crying juice and more so like calming tea is the vibe that I'm going for. Like, yeah, everything's still very shitty. Uh, but like, it's and letting stuff out is also fine. But it seems like we're at a maybe, maybe Mia could use a nap and could use something that, uh, that gets her to just sort of like untense after what amounts to like a month of tensing. And I'll use Mia. Did you say any of that out loud? I think. Or did you just start crying? I think she just started crying, but I also imagine her incoherently just kind of like spewing thoughts, like not necessarily in a linear way, but enough for people to get the vibe that she's overwhelmed and doesn't know what to do. Okay. I'll also use, I mean, I can roll, but I, I would use a sense to get that as well in a little more detail. And I'll say, and Ronus is alive and he's safe for now. Mia's gonna gulp. And she's going to look forlornly at Kiyama, and she's going to say, thank you, just very, very tiredly. I think she's going to hiccup a few more times, and she's going to take some of the calming draft and just drink it. And if Anakin and Luke made it off Senect Ray, then they'll be fine. And if they didn't make it off Senect Ray, then they're probably already dead. Yes. Our, I think our, for me, my main priority is figuring out what can we what can we do for Plagueis we know nothing about him and that if if Anakin and Luke are alive that is the danger to them and us going and helping them and finding them is not doing anything to help mitigate that threat and we have an in right now Bellamin is working with us for now and I say we take that and run with it as long as we can Mia's going to remember Velamin taking her to Ronus to begin with to try and save them. And I think that's going to sort of bolster her and she's going to nod. Mia, give me a cool roll. Oh dear, cool roll is another one that is stressful. Less stressful than vigilance, but still pretty stressful. A lot of, a lot of initiative skills just being called for just being yeah. here and there. <laughs> I'm apparently very cool though, so that's good. That's a triumph. Um, So... Uh, you know, Mia has grown a lot. She's changed a lot. Her attitudes have moved a lot. But, you know, I there's still something, I think, in her, some part of her that, you know, does respond to the the calm, knowing Jedi tones um, in a positive way. And, you know, you realize that, like, when, when Kiyama says that Ronus is alive, even though he's your brother, that's, you know... The most important person in her life, probably, and a person that she's connected to on a fully spiritual level. If she says he's alive, he's alive. And more than that, the fact that they haven't felt anything to indicate that all of the Jedi are dead, it kind of reassures you. You like you remember 
uh, your dad telling you that uh, Luke and uh, Obi-Wan knew pretty much as soon as they came out of, uh, you know, hyperspace what had happened with Alderaan. Sometimes the Jedi just have these senses. Yama knows her sense is kind of bad and is not trying to hope on that fact. Sure, but this is me. This is me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just going to keep on nodding. That's all. Okay. But I think that she's going to like sort of visibly calm down a little bit. Like she's nodding. I think more because she's really tired and she like can't stop bobbing her head. And the real sort of landing of these thoughts comes more in the fact that like her, she stops sort of sobbing. Right. <clears throat> Does she want to get some sleep, maybe? Yes, very desperately. Okay. Indeed, so I think that the calming draft that she's been drinking, like, I actually think it's sort of slowing down her nervous system enough so that she's like, okay, it's time for bed. All right. Uh, so you get yourself into one of the racks around the side of the room. Um, Yama, uh, the Red Suns do not arrive that night. Oh, okay. you should go right i'll keep watch um we need to let mia rest and i think it's best if we get what supplies we can um before we leave okay i'm just i mean as soon as we're ready to take off and she's able to you don't want me flying is the thing uh colette can you fly uh that's a good question i mean i can fly just not good as good as mia and the margin of error is one where I think we can handle a few more hours getting supplies and letting her rest. Because I, we don't have the senator's granola bars anymore, unfortunately. Would we? Would we say that three green diamonds in astrogation means like I know how to fly a ship? No, it means oh. that you. It means that you are smart but have no training. Okay. Yeah. Also, let's be clear. I have like a million astrogations at this point because I kept trauma. Brian kept traumatizing me by just making me <laughs> roll dice, and I rolled badly. So, like, even if you have multiple dice, astrogations a tough one, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll just look at G and be like, I've, I've never flown anything in my life. Okay. I'm. Uh, I'm just real hesitant if a group of armed criminals say you're gonna say they're gonna like meet up with you and then don't i mean i'm i was more surprised they offered a deal after i told them that felly and a hadeshka yeah so which is oh yeah that's common that's way where they she is play case sorry something. yeah okay so, so i did forget to mention that she is with felly and um mm. so but I'm, I'm i was honestly surprised that they even wanted to try a deal so um well let's uh stock up on what we can and get ready to at least keep moving um yeah so i guess um is it nighttime is that what we're saying or is it still daytime and mia's just sleeping uh it's nighttime it's it's pretty late into the night by the time uh, mia finally decides to turn in okay so pretty much everything is shut like is this a 24-hour quick trip or is this uh, uh, yeah, like you X could, on you at could the corner. You could, <laughs> try and, you could try and find like a 7-Eleven or something like that. Okay. I, um, someone needs to stay with the ship, but if anyone wants to come help me just grab some road trip supplies. 
Gotta get some jerky and gummy bears. I know, it's pretty much like, you get the jerky, <laughs> get the powdered donuts, get the little snack bags of everything. Uh, who would like to stay with the ship? Uh, I, I tend to stick out a little bit. I know that we already have one person who's distinctive in appearance going. So I yeah, feel they, like they know I'm on this becomes planet. real, real noticeable. Um, <laughs> so I All think right. that I'd like to stay back. I can go with Kiyama. Sounds good. Um, either Colette or Kiyama, can you please give me a perception test? I want to roll just to see how bad uh. I am compared to Colette. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I no. did not oh. roll well. Uh, I'm taking Colette. I'm sorry to report. Uh. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Colette, you're going to take two strain. Um, you guys wind up, you know, you're trying to avoid blockades. You're trying to avoid patrols. You know, again... Uh, Column X is in an increasingly just like kind of fascist looking lockdown. Um, so you actually see a couple of places that look good, um, but there Question. are. Yeah. Um, does my resolve work anytime I get strain or just in like combat yes, it does. situations? Yes, it does. Okay, then I will just take one strain. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> Sorry. Aren't you <laughs> for paying attention to my abilities. I'm, All right, anyway, I'm so sorry proud of you were you. saying. <laughs> I've, I've never been more proud of you. Um, that's actually not true. But So you see a couple of viable places or places that would be viable, um, good for snacking and so on. Um, but there are uh, mercenaries outside of them, you know, sometimes inside of them, just kind of like hanging out, um, maybe buying powdered donuts of their own, stuff like that. Finally, you guys evade a Trade Federation droid patrol, um, two just huge armored spear mechs rolling down the street. And there is like a 24-hour quickie mart uh, with the equivalent of like a neon sign where the O is broken. So it just keeps flickering from O to pen, open to pen, to open to pen. <laughs> and it is the first place that you've found in like straightforward walking distance where you could probably buy stuff for the road. All right, let's do it. Alrighty. Supply uh, snack up. Yes, indeed. Uh, so what I'm therefore going to need. Uh, so column X, uh, while it is, it has some confounding factors. While it is like a well set out system, those confounding factors, I'm going to need either a charm or a streetwise from one of the two of you. Um, I'll roll charm. Wait, does my thing? No, my thing only works with coercion, not charm. So, yes. <laughs> do you want me to roll? Yeah, I mean it's fine. I have three green, so I'm not bad at it. But okay. <laughs> I don't have the advantages that I get when I'm being intimidating. So, okay, I guess I'll roll. Sounds good. Go for it. Okay, gonna be try and be charming. No. <laughs> uh, the, the, attempt, the attempt is stressful. Um, you get all of this way, you put, um, like, you have two liters of void dew in your, under your arms. Um, Colette has the foresight to also grab, like, a couple gallons of water, and um, you guys have, like, bags of chips and beef jerky and all kinds of things. And then you realize that uh, the senator paid for everything. Yeah, so I was actually um, thinking about that. I mm -hmm. really... Let me try. I was trying to find my original character sheet because I really hadn't used any money since we started traveling with VC20. Um, but in like total uh, 
delinquent player fashion. I don't, I can't figure out where I wrote it down, but I know I had, I, I know I have money. I just yes. don't know. I just don't remember how much. You have 450 credits. Okay. I'm writing that I'm down writing, now. Because you spent 50 credits on a stim pack of your own, own volition once and you started off with 500 and you have not spent anything since to my knowledge. Correct. Okay. So I have 450 credits. How much is all of this stuff? Um, it's going to total about 200 credits, all things told. Okay. Does this place have like band-aids or stim packs that I could throw in as well? Uh, maybe some bandages, yeah. No stim packs. No stim packs, no. It's, I mean, it's CVS. It's just, I, yeah, I know. Well, CVS yeah. has like Tylenol and a first aid kit. Sure, mm. but it doesn't have anything that like restores hit points. <laughs> um, or if they do, they're hiding it from me. Like, yeah, it's behind, like, the, it's behind the counter. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, yeah, I'll grab some bandages or something. I have a feeling we'll need something like that. Okay. Just so. Uh, so behind the, the counter, the universe where there are lasers that exist equivalent of like bulletproof glass, um, like some kind of like some kind of blast resistant uh, clear material. Uh, the, the shopkeep who is like a short, uh, very surly looking Chagrian, uh, just the blue skinned race with the horns and the horned tentacle heads. He looks sort of irritably at the two of you and he says, I gave it away. People have been here longer than his mouth. They're not working with the Trade Federation either. Call it snorts. No. This is a robot part of town. And robots don't eat this, so we'd like to buy it. Yeah, well, I pay pretty good to keep supplies out of the hands of off-worlders. And he kind of, like, raises his eyebrows up and down. Not suggestively, but, like, clearly wants something. Right. I know. I I don't have uh, any credits on my character sheet, but no, I would sure imagine. Don't. <laughs> to be fair, you were just a prisoner. That's yeah. true. Okay, I was gonna say, how can I help? But that, mm, no, probably can't help. <laughs> Again, this is the one time I've played this entire game that I wish I, wish I had Jedi mind trick or something like that, but um... have not had that feeling the entire game. And then I was just like, this would be really handy right now. Um. Can I try? Can 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 I like roll something to try to figure out like okay if we can't if we don't necessarily have enough to bribe him? You haven't even tried to bribe him yet. No, I yeah I have extra like it's only two hundred credits and I have four hundred and fifty. I just don't want to spend it. <laughs> Kiaba just doesn't want to offer that. Um, you can roll me streetwise, Colette. Okay, yeah, let's let's just see if I can... Uh. Yeah, you could bribe him. Like, he's, take, he's taking bribes from the Trade Federation, presumably, to, like, deny supplies to people around here, or at least make it more difficult for them. Like, he's, ra like he's being paid to raise the bar to entry, so people can't buy stuff. It's a slow, surreptitious kind of siege. What about an extra 25 credits? Ah, sure. Does this person look like they can be intimidated? He's behind bulletproof glass. Or, you know, blastproof glass. Oh, it, right. it, it'd be kind of hard to intimidate him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not impossible, certainly. Um, but it'd be kind of difficult. Is there something... Is he sitting in, like, a chair? Yeah, he's just... Um, like a rolly chair? 
No, it's like a it's like a flat uh, platform that's hovering. Um, and what at this point in the galaxy is the general consensus towards Jedi? Um, like they're just I a mean, fa- like there's just a story. Mostly, they're just a story. So, um, you know, a lot of people have heard supposedly that like one of the rebel heroes was a Jedi. Some people may have even heard like, oh, that you know they're real and like still part of the new republic but like in in on the outer rim where column x is especially like they're pretty firmly regarded as something something mythical or something gone by it's yeah, a pretty I normal g- attitude as well and i guess vader didn't help with any of those attitudes either yeah well he um, did kill a lot of people yeah um okay then knowing that and kiyama being reckless I'm going to use move to move him and the chair kind of bucking forward into the counter. Um, give me, uh, give me your force check. Come on, force die. I have three now. And it worked. Just sort of works now. Awesome. Yeah. Fine. All right. Uh, so two light side, two dark side. Um, you can, he's, he's small enough in silhouette that you can slam him around a little bit. Yeah, I'm not trying to hurt him. I'm just more trying to shock him. And then I'll say 50 credits and you can say you met a Jedi and lived. Okay. Uh, and I would like to intimidate. Yeah, give me a coercion. And I will suffer a strain to downgrade the difficulty. Man, I really need to sleep. Thought you might. Uh, two successes. Uh, he says, okay, okay. All right. It's, it's, it's 200 for the everything's a 250. Just get out of my shop. Enjoy your story. And um, I'll take our stuff and leave. I just kind of, I look at her with raised eyebrows. I look back at the guy. I look back at her and I give like a little impressed smile and just follow her out. Okay. Uh, as you guys leave, the uh, the Shagrian like, is kind of stumbling to his feet and he grabs a, a pack of death sticks from behind the counter and shakily lights it up. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but you guys now have... Um, I'm going to say five days worth of supplies for for organic beings. Wee! All right, uh, let's get back. And I kind of look to Colette, and you don't know anybody who would really care that I did that. So, and then just sort of shrug and keep walking. <laughs> Colette's just like, no, like that, that was cool. <laughs> oh, no, Colette's a bad influence. Oh, no. <laughs> like Eshko wasn't. Yeah. Um... Also, Colette calls dibs on the uh, Sour Patch Ewoks. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I found out today, this is a fun fact, this is completely unrelated to space battles. Fun fact I found out today, Sour Patch Kids were originally released, and they were called like Mars Men or something, and they were supposed to be like little Martians when they were first released in like the 60s or something. And then they rebranded them in like the 80s, I think. That sucks. Marsmen is way cooler. I would right? love to. I would love to enjoy some some sour alien. Um, it was already my favorite candy as a kid, but it would have been doubly so if there was like a cool space reference. That's your fun fact of the day. Good to know. Uh, so the the two of you are able to uh, return two hundred fifty credits lighter and with some, some some supplies in hand. I will say that you are able to rest effectively i imagine that would be your next step since it's getting um it's getting to the part of the night that is actually morning i'll stay up if anyone needs to stay up to watch the ship um if anyone else needs to sleep 
because I'll just sleep when we go to hyperspace. G, are you comfortable with Kiyama taking over your watch? Yeah, it's fine by me. Before, before Mm -hmm. when you get up, G, Kiyama's actually gonna hold out a hand to stop you, and then just kind of hold out the hand in front of you. I'm gonna need it back. Well, why? Um, sit down with me, and I guess the cockpit. Yep, I'll follow and sit. We tell me. Beyond self-defense, why do you want to keep this? Well, I'm of the opinion that that's a good enough reason, in and of itself. But, first and foremost, it is... it is a tool. It's... I understand that it's not a tool to be taken lightly. And it's not one that I take very lightly. I've used it essentially once, and didn't find it very pleasant, to be perfectly honest with you. But, I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And I assume you can understand why I think that it's a very useful tool, because you yourself also employ the use of one with regularity. So why don't you trust me with it? So it's not a matter of trust. A lightsaber is... it's the symbol of a Jedi. It is the hallmark significant moment of a Padawan when they get to make their own and be able to wield one with regularity. It is a part of you. It is part of us and binds us together, in a sense, through the Force. And me asking for it back is not a measure of lack of trust, but to be able to use this and to claim it, you need to make your own. And I am... because... That's how you know what it means to have one. And that's not to say that you need to be a Jedi to use it. I'm more than happy to help you build one of your own, if that is what you wish. But for you to have a lightsaber and hold on to it, that's our way. And you are more than welcome to use it, or if we're in any sort of danger, I'll let you take, you know, you can have it. I mean, you've held on to this one for several days. And it's not for a lack of trust. And she'll unclip her lightsaber, her own personal lightsaber from her belt, and hold it in her hands, and then hold it out to Xi. Letting you hold this one is far more of a measure of trust than letting you keep that. Uh, and Xi doesn't even need to, to take it. Um, she'll give the other one back. Um, and uh, I'll say there are... I can respect your traditions, but it's... My understanding that the lightsaber that I just had was never used by any Jedi. I would be very interested in learning how to make one from you, though. Though I will warn you that that woman is a little bit judgy about it, so I'd be curious as to what he can offer as well. I just sort of grin at that. Um, judgy towards this, and she holds up the other lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, it cuts through, cuts through steel. It's good enough, good enough for me most of the time. Well, we can make you one that will impress anybody if you like. I would, but I think for now I also need to follow me as lead and get some sleep. So that's a nice little scene. Um, Kiyama, can you give me a resilience test, please? I'm rolling so many things that make me nervous to fail. Resilience, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, you feel great. Um, you are able to stay up through the night with basically no issues um, with your triumph. I will even say that um, 
you know, being alone and, uh, you know, away from the the sea of Colomex where you had like a very troubling, uh, where you've had two kind of troubling visions now, um, you are finding the solitude very, uh, very restful. I'll give you back uh, one strain uh, from from being able to just hang out and meditate and feel uninterrupted and unbothered. And now that you feel like you were making the correct, quote unquote, the correct choice, you feel closer to the force. You feel more one with it, which also contributes to the, the easing of your stress. And uh, in the morning, uh, there is a there's a handy shipwide alarm that goes off at the, the local equivalent of about 730 in the morning. It is a irritating kind of like screeching sound rather than your classic alarm clock. Uh, I, I would I would imagine quickly gets everyone out of bed. All right. Mia's up. All right. It's the alarm clock off. Um, Mia, you give me please astrogation. I sure can. Um, and excellent. So any piloting rolls you make along the way are going to have an extra blue die for the quality of that astrogation. Nice. And so the only question that remains is, where are you kids headed? Where are we kids headed? I think we're going to Naboo. Alright. Sounds least, good. I, that's what Kiyama's vote would be. I think Senect Ray, she doesn't want to go there now. Uh, so with that astrogation, Mia, you realize that the way is going to be long. Um, Naboo is fairly far away. far away. Yeah. But you guys did come out of a gateway previously and um you guys have a direct line to the guy who knows where all of the gateways are you could try and call velamin to see if there is a portal that could lead you to naboo you could potentially make use of and shorten your journey it's an option here's a question yeah has has Colette been filled in on the portals, or has that not come up yet? Not even because a little bit. Not even oh, oh, my God. Can, can we... knowledge on our part? Yeah. 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 We're just going to let that one slide and then just let <laughs> you experience it. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, please do, because that sounds like such a fun time. <laughs> uh, because also, um, you know, for a lot, of the, a lot of the wars, the tensions have gone up. Obviously, these portals have been used in plenty of attacks um, against the uh the new republic um but colette's been in deep cover and you know almost almost like a sleeper cell for a little while here uh there's a decent chance that she's not receiving intelligence from the front that it's that that isn't pertinent to her so oh i can't wait (laughs) i guess at the suggestion of asking velamin for if there's a nearby portal um Kiyama's going to roll her eyes and then go back to the common area and try asking. Um, Picks up on the third ring. Uh, Colette, you are like, I don't know, getting out of bed, cleaning your guns, something like that. Uh, Suddenly, Moff Velamin appears on a hollow transmitter that Kiyama is holding. I like drop to the floor out of sight just on instinct (laughs) before I remember, oh, right, I'm with them and they're working with him. So it's. I'm probably fine, but also <laughs> last time I was in his, uh, you know, last time he was aware of my existence, it was in a specific context that I don't want to remind him of. Noticing that, I'll just sort of lean over and say, don't worry, lots of people here have wanted to or tried to kill Bellman. 
we can we can move past it. <laughs> Pretty much everybody on board. He is um, he is dressed like a Sith Lord again, down to like his hood being up and his face not being visible on the call. Hearing this request, he irritably walks off screen, although you can see like you can still see like kind of a blue flickering outline of uh, his desk and like just like a bluish square, like a, like a placeholder image. He's, he's gone for almost a full minute um, before he just says, Roche, and then hangs up. Kama will just sort of massage her temples because she had had like she had her arms crossed and then she'll just sort of like massage her temples with one hand and just shake her head saying, we both have so much work to do. And we'll head up to the cockpit um, to tell Mia. Uh, so Roche is along the Prolemian trade route. It is very easily accessible from Kalamax, uh, just a ways up the road, so to speak. He has not told you where it'll lead you to, so that should be fun. But also, how how obvious it, like, if someone just told us Mimbin, would we have found the other one? That's a good question. You know question. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know exactly the distance, but it's my expectation that there are... He's describing a, uh, an area that's like over a million cubic miles. Right. But it would have an energy sig- it would have an energy signature, right? Cuz we're not the ones turning it on. Feasibly, yes. Okay. Um, it, it should be detectable in some way. We'll give him a call if we can't find it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll like a bunch it. of texts like, "Dude, where are you? Where this isn't helpful. I need better directions." Okay. But also, he if he doesn't know if we don't He's the one picking where we're going. Do we trust that he's sending us where we want to go? I mean, he had us captured. He's. It's not in his best interest to work against us right now. Hmm. Yeah, I, like, I think at at worst we're going to be manipulated. Not in a not in a significantly worse spot. Just I've, guided however he wants us. I also can. He knows if I go to Angamar prematurely, it's probably the end for both of us. So. I guess what I'm asking more is, like, how do we know he's not sending us to Ashka, for example? Well, if he sends us to Ashka, we grab her, and then we go to Naboo. I I think I think it's worth a shot. He has not, he, he, while being frustrating, he has not outwardly tried to deceive us, for the most part. Minus about two well, occasions. Yeah. yeah, there's like, there's there's a few, but on the majority, he's stayed true to his word. How much, how much time do we think it would save? How long is this trip to Naboo without taking a portal? Uh, so, yeah, so without taking a portal in the old hunk, it's probably going to be in excess. Uh, the trip from Kalamax to Roche along the well-established trade route uh, in the neighborhood of two days, Where's plus whatever time it takes to get from the destination to Naboo. Where's Naboo on the map? Oh, 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 yeah, it's real far. Yeah. So is Mia convinced that Roche is a good idea or is she just going to pilot to Naboo regardless? I think that Mia doesn't trust Velamin. I think Mm -hmm. she wants to trust Velamin and I think she trusts that her friends trust Velamin, if that makes sense. Or like is willing to go along with it because her friends are, you know, adamant that he is a guy who's going to help them. But she herself does not trust him. Uh, and that being said, she's also aware that this is a very long trip and that 
there is a little bit of futility involved in everything um, right now, I think is what she's sort of feeling. So I think she's going to go with it just because she knows she'll sort of be outvoted and because whatever, man. We also run the risk of blockades if we go the long way. Right. Um, You do have a fun trip through hut space, though. So I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a secret roll for secret reasons. Hearing you say that about f- flying through hut space is significantly less stressful when I'm not playing Ashka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say like hut. Really though, what we did is we traded someone who has beef with hut space for someone who has beef with free le- the free realms, if I recall correctly. Yep. And we're going directly to where the free realms are. You only have a couple. Uh, you only have a couple days uh, before you reach Roche, so I'm not going to worry too much about what you guys are doing. I imagine there's more space back Yemen, probably some lightsaber training, uh, usual suspects. Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. Yes, lightsaber training. And then during this trip, I would um, Kiama's going to start going into more detail with G about what is needed for crafting a lightsaber. Okay. Um, and I have first then. Uh, an education role from Kiyama. I'm going to spend the light side point, guys. I'm not good at it, and I know what goes in a lightsaber. I built my own. Um, can you? Did you flip it for me? I did, and I added the green as well, so you can just roll. Thank education. you. Who no, is- god damn it, man, that is rough. Uh, yeah. So G, can you now give me um, an education test, please? Can I convince you that this should be lore instead? No. Okay. I will also use a light side point. I'm really bad at teaching. I'm very sorry, G. Cool. Okay. I'm great at learning. Yeah, thankfully, <laughs> uh, thankfully G is very bright. Um, and uh, while the information was very poorly expressed, G, um, no bones about it, um, you still have a good grasp on the basics of a lightsaber construction. Uh, with, four, with four successes, um, I will say that the, the, the fundamentals of how a lightsaber work, um, the, the, the fundamentals have been explained to you. You, you have the basic principles um, so that if you, um, you know, if, if you had a suitable crystal, you could begin to prepare your own um, it would be difficult, um, but if you had uh, Kiyama's assistance, it would be a fairly straightforward task. Do I know if there is a particular place that I can get crystals from? Uh, so this would be a lore test. And I would know that answer. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I can ask that, mm-hmm. I suppose. But I also want to know, because the, the thing that I always suspect is the Jedi know where like, they get their crystals from. But Right. So why don't you give me the lore test, and I will then also fill in. Okay. Six successes. Uh, is very impressive. So you know that there are lots of things in the galaxy that can serve as a, uh, as, as a lightsaber focus. Um, the, the, there have been many, many things that have been made. Um, Dark side users particularly favor synthetic crystals because they can um, they can be in charge of their construction from basically soup to nuts. Uh, you can, um, gives them complete control, which is obviously something that dark side users crave. Um, but naturally occurring crystals are also very good. Um, 
The Empire, unfortunately, dis destroyed the largest known cache of them, uh, which was on the planet Dantooine. Um, but people have made crystal uh, lightsaber foci out of, uh, you know, the pearls from crate dragons, um, from many, many different items uh, that are in the lore that I can divulge later. There's a lot of options, is essentially what you know, G. Uh, and you know the specifics that I'm not going to bore the, the viewer at home with. Um, the important thing that you also know, because you rolled so high, and that uh, Kiyama was probably about to suggest, which is that one of the reasons why Senec Ray was such a good choice is because it has a large number of crystals naturally occurring on the planet itself that would be suitable for constructing a lightsaber. Is there anything that can be used as a lightsaber crystal on Naboo. Uh, it's very possible. Um, Naboo is famed for its aquatic life, um, and there are several kinds of aquatic crustaceans that make uh, pearls similar uh, to crate dragon pearls. You could potentially um, explore some local lore that uh, would allow you to ascertain whether or not they would be useful in constructing a lightsaber. And the thing Kiyama will say is, along those lines, while there are many things that you can use, the most important thing is that whatever you use for the crystal is something that is close to you, or it calls to you, or it speaks to you. Back on Senect Ray, there were, the caves had thousands of crystals, but only one was for me. So whatever you find and are led to, that's what should be your focus. Or you're focusing crystal. You'll know it when you find it. All right. And then I kick your ass at lightsaber. Yeah, but I'm still the best at backgammon, I think. Oh, yeah, you yeah. kick my ass at backgammon constantly. <laughs> uh, and with that, uh, there you have arrived in Roche. Um, so Roche is not a planetary system, or at least no longer. It is the site of a natural disaster, which caused the loss of many... Uh, many lives some t uh, some thousands of years ago. It is now uh, a, a system with two very pronounced asteroid belts. Those of you who would like to help with the uh, sensor sweeping and trying to detect the gate uh, can either give me uh, computers or perception. I will need at least one of each among from among the four of you, however. Sorry. <laughs> I think I'm better used for moral support on this one. Okay. Uh, so the four of you cram into the cockpit. Um, G, you and Mia work together, and looks as though like this, this, this gate uh, was at some point a subterranean gate. It is uh, embedded in an asteroid. Uh, the energy signature is uh, fairly strong from within. It seems as though it's been activated for you or was always active, you're unsure, but it is within an asteroid. Okay. You ready to do some, some fun maneuvering? Ready as I ever am. Alrighty. Uh, moving the old hunk down into uh, the, the chasms and causeways of this asteroid, uh, I am going to spend a dark side point. Before any sort of planetary piloting role is called for, I'll ask Mia. This is the thing where you'd like a little bit of a extra stimulant in order to get through. 
So I have a question, Brian, because you said because mm-hmm. I rolled really well with my astrogation check that I was going to roll well with any future other associated future rolls. Does this constitute it? Yep. Cool. Um, what did you have in mind is her response to G? Yeah, um, just your basic uh, agility improving stance. Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And let's see, ease the wings, you're already in. <laughs> um, Mia's going to shrug it off. I don't think she feels like she needs it. Ooh. So we're piloting planetary now? Yes, please. Ow. All right. Uh, so after all of that, uh, you have a success and an advantage. So slowly, like achingly slowly, it takes probably an hour and a half altogether using, you know, just the minutest spits and turns from the maneuvering thrusters and ever so often a a little burst from the big ion engines at the back. You are able to get the old hunk down through these crevasses and boring into the asteroid until up ahead you can see uh, the familiar glow and shimmering of the portal ahead with like unnerving scraping, even from like the excellent uh, high precision maneuvering that Mia is capable of. Um, you get the nose just up to the shimmering surface of the portal. And then uh, as, as with so many times prior, the, even the lightest touch is, is enough to fully energize you and transport you. Um, and there is a thudding sound and absolute darkness and then a rushing sound um, and a sputtering. And you realize that you are underwater. Well, she's watertight. I mean, I know she is because she's, you know, airtight, so. Um, interesting. Mia's gonna check the computers, actually, um, to see, first of all, how they're reacting to wherever that fast transition took them, and also to see if they have any reaction to suddenly being underwater unexpectedly. Uh, yeah, give me a uh, give me a computer's test. Now, if only Mia had a computer's brain cell. Oh, if only. But um, I also, that was not a correct. Role. You you reach out. Uh, no, it was. Um, okay. You reach out to the panel. And like before you even hit any buttons, the whole ship starts screaming. Every impact sensor around is going off. Uh, the um, It seems as though all of the proximity sensors think that like you are currently crashing because the water is right upon them. They're Can't used, really blame them. They're used to sense, sensing through the void. Mm-hmm. Can Mia tell if she's like in a cave or if she's just in open water? Um, right now it's dark. I was gonna say, how deep are we? Yeah, it's 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 pitch black. Uh, you can turn on the the ship's lights essentially if you want. Although I, I take that back, they probably no, already be on since you were navigating be on through an asteroid. They might reflect badly in the darkness. Mm-hmm. So you have like a like a sphere, maybe thirty meters out. Um, it just looks like water. You're in the middle of the ocean. Well, here's hoping that I am going in the right direction. Because the bubbles are actually, it looks like they are dropping down and to the left of you. Okay. You are, you are some, you are, you are some variant of upside down, basically. Okay. Mia's going to maneuver the ship to right side up with okay. a loud apology to everyone and their stomachs. As, um, as you do so, 
fewer alarms start going off. The the computer finally returns a result, like through the the red holographic haze of panicked warnings. Um, you are on Naboo. Is is its best guess. I like to hear. You also notice as you're realigning the ship that you are next to probably like an oceanic shelf, some kind of outcropping maybe, in which the you can see that the gate is embedded, but it is dark. Uh, you have you've been on one of the uh, one-way journeys that is possible, so long as both uh, gates in the pair are still intact. The gate is half buried under like mud and slime and stuff like that. Celia is going to take this moment to say uh, she really hopes that they don't run into any of the giant fishies that are at the start of the Phantom Menace. Mia in delightful oblivion of the existence of these giant fishies that like to chomp. Uh, she's going to start following the bubbles upward. Okay. Sounds good. Um, as she, as Mia does so, can I get a uh, perception test from everyone? Uh, the the alarms are not super helpful because you know the 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 water is basically masking them all, but uh, you guys can see things. Okay, uh, Colette and Kiyama, uh, all of that strain is probably very appropriate. Um, uh, so I'm going to take one from Colette and two from Kiyama. And the reason that you are so stressed after your perception checks is that there is some kind of Leviathan headed your Great. way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh Mia, can I please get a piloting planetary? And your skilled jockey applies to that test as well, right? Yes, it does, I believe. Okay. Uh, you are, it is, I want you to know, it's doing heavy, heavy fucking lifting right now because you're flying a spaceship underwater. I believe it. Uh, I'm very afraid. I'm not going to lie. Uh, use I, a light side I, point. I was going <laughs> to say, I'm going to use a light side point. I have accommodated all that. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to now hit this here button. <gasps> <gasps> Amazing. Wow. Uh, so it's with six successes, you, you you know you were kind of going at like an incline, right? You know, mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere between like a thirty and a forty-five degree angle, just mm-hmm. to make things not fucking weird, basically. Mm-hmm. With the approach of it's, it looks like an eel close to a kilometer long, just truly stupendously large creature. And its jaws open and open and open some more, like a given fang on one side of this set of chompers is larger than, you know, the Silhouette 5 old hunk. And it's stretching forward with its whole body made out of entirely neck. And you just crank the altimeter to a direct orthogonal 90 degree angle straight up, punch it hard, and blast out of there. there. Like you can see blue fire turning everything to steam behind you, sending bubbles everywhere. A huge set of jaws snapping shut behind you. And 10, 15 seconds later, the old hunk bursts out of the surface of the ocean like a breaching whale. All right. Well, that was a fun hmm. start. Uh, I clap me on the back and shake your shoulder and say, Good job. <laughs> Mia's just going to sort of like. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Uh, so you guys are now hovering over the Naboo Ocean. Uh, the Nabooish? Nabooian? Nabooin. Nabooin. Yeah. Question. Uh, mm-hmm. How much does Mia know about her own Nabooin heritage? That's a great question. Uh, I will give you an education test um, with some bonuses uh, since your grandmother grew up here. Right. Um, no, I mean, that's head empty. Yeah, I will. I will say uh, I'll, I'll give you a strain back. I'll say that it's probably like kind of nice to be here. Like, oh, Grandma Patman was from here, but yeah. like you don't. You know, you're much more attuned with your Alderanian heritage, even though that's like an adopted one. You know. Yeah. You know, because your your mother actually Mom knew exactly. Yeah, y- your mother your mother actually knew Grandpa Bale. Um, it, like, the, like it was a much more involved part of the she family that you actually knew. Adulthood being Alderanian, as opposed yeah, to, exactly, and, and like, have any direct connection with Naboo herself. Okay, yeah, you you know that um, there was one point where Uncle Luke and your mom took a trip like to Naboo, but that was mm-hmm. before even Ronus was born. Okay, cool. So Mia's just vibing. Yeah. Letting her heart rate come back down after being nearly chomped the way that Jar Jar, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through the um, planet core. The, uh, the, the, com- the computer finishes uh, sort of realigning to the abrupt adjustment in galactic coordinates. And you can get a better idea of, you know, where you are in Naboo, like vis-a-vis, you know, the the palace and like the you know like where where the the senator's office is and the embassy and things like that um is there any place in particular that you guys are interested in going to or visiting or like beginning your search for clues i think starting in the capital feed i think is its name is probably the the best place to start to find information on like where palpatine came from uh, that's what I, that's what Kiyama would say. I don't know if anyone else has any other suggestions. He has well, got nothing. So my main my main thought is like, is there any place that's like a little too proud of the fact that the emperor came from here? Interesting. Like, are there like, is there a place with like statues to this person or any well, sort of the, any sort of commemorative or honor thing? Well, I know yeah, from yeah. the updated ending um, to. Uh, Return of the Jedi, they added in Naboo celebrating the end of Palpatine. So yes. I don't know if I that's mean, Ryan canon or not, but I do know that people I, are pretty pleased about I, it. Yes. So and he is, was a big deal. I mean, he was not just a senator, he became chancellor. Yeah. like it, He was a big deal before he became emperor. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely going to be places. Right. So that is all true seals. Um, and I, I guess a good way to think about it is post-World War II Germany. Mm-hmm. Naboo is where the emperor was from. Mm-hmm. Um, Austria, obviously, being where Adolf was from. Um, I think kind of what Kevin is looking for is some place that does not have the mainline Germany stance of like, we're not going to commemorate anything and we're going to turn his final bunker into a parking lot and not mm-hmm. say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very much so looking for the equivalent of like space neo-Nazis. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can find that by going to the Capitol. 
Gum. And that was its it's, it's its most populous city, or it's it's it doesn't have Naboo is a very lush world. It doesn't have many cities, right? It has some, right? Um, it, it does have some, um, but largely it's 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 a very it's it's a very it's a very agrarian and non-industrialized planet is i guess the best way that i can explain that so what i will say is i would also suggest capital just different seedier areas of the capital yeah give me a lore please g yeah i'm i'm familiar with uh yeah so you know that there is a a portion of seed or rather let me put it this way so what you know about darth sidious is that when he went by palpatine um, he was from an extremely affluent uh, part of Nabooan society. Uh, specifically, he was raised in a part of Theed called the Marble Quarter. Uh, the, rather than looking in a seedy place, you might look in actually a very wealthy and upscale place um, because those were, under his rule, certainly the people who benefited most and might have maintained any kind of loyalty or um, any kind of sense of duty or affection would probably still exist among the people who were his social peers growing up and the people who benefited most from his regime. All right. So Theed is correct with the specifics of maybe check out the Marble Quarter as well as like the palace and the, the senatorial embassy. Do folks want to split up or I'll go someplace together? I think it's fine if we go somewhere together. Uh, Kiyama is definitely going to, at some point, doesn't need to be first, try and get an audience with the queen. Okay. I think she's her. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, that historically Jedi have been welcome here. It, aside Histor- from the M- historically. Yeah, historically, yes. Um, especially with the, the, the Jedi's assistance in resolving the in- initial trade uh, federation embargo. Um, Jedi have been welcome in, in Naboo for a long time and well regarded by their society at large. And their senator was banging a Jedi, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how common that knowledge is. I mean, I like, are you generally pro like whatever norm. George's senator is banging? <laughs> well, they're both married, so that was kind of obvious, but. <laughs> um, Where would you like to start in Theed? Um, there's a couple different promising things, you know. Obviously, the royal palace could be promising. He was a very important person. Obviously, the senatorial uh, palace would be important. He, you know, he was a he was a politician and functionary from Naboo. And you know, with G's insight and knowledge of his personal past, the Marble Quarter would be good as well. Um, where is most uh, interesting to you? Important question. Mm-hmm. Currently, is Naboo a part of the New Republic, or are they it kind is, of their it, own? It is not. Um, okay. So they have uh, petitioned for uh, entrance into the New Republic, but the petition has stalled for a long time, given their proximity to the Free Realms League. You know, you, you guys used to hang out with a senator. This would be kind of one of the things that he might have talked about. Directly claiming or adding Naboo to the New Republic was seen as a risky move, even though historically they were valued members of the original Republic. Uh, just because it would be tantamount to, you know, declaring open war on the Free Realms League. At least that was the thought. Conversely, the Free Realms League has never moved more than like intimation and occasional threats against Naboo. Um, One, because they're not as directly connected through hyperspace routes. uh, But two, because 
it's it's kind of a it's kind of a Mexican standoff around Naboo with the New Republic and the Free Realms League. Neither's willing to make the first move, but as soon as the other one does, they'll pit themselves against each other. So Naboo okay. has been independent for the last thirty years or so. Okay, I just wanted to know what kind of what we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could start either place. It might take longer to get in with in the palace and with the queen, so or king. I don't know who is leading now, but um, the current ruler. Uh, so it might be worth trying, like just asking to see how long it would be to get an audience, and then we can head over to the marble quarter. Yeah, sounds good to me. Can someone give me an outer rim, please? Uh, G, you know that the current ruler of Naboo is a woman. Uh, her name is Corday. Her name is Corday Olian. O l i e n Olian. Queen Corday Olian. Does she go by Queen Corday or Queen Olian? Queen Olian. Okay. Uh, this is a real dragon named Drogon kind of circumstance. There is. Olian sounds a lot like alien. <laughs> Right. I know I know this is a podcast and we don't have a lot of visuals, but I'm just here for imagining this queen's amazing costuming because the queens of Naboo always have the best outfits. Yeah. I wish I wish there were a way to like generate fashion ingenuities. You know what I mean? I wish I was better at costume design is how that makes me feel because yeah. it's like I am so bad at it, but this is what makes Hello, you feel like can I, I make some outfits. Yeah. I used to literally, when I would doodle in my the margins of my notes in high school, I would literally draw costumes. <laughs> you come up with one, I'll draw it. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't think you guys are going to meet Queen Olian this session, just because... Uh, oh, pro- I wasn't expecting to beat her for a I, while anyways, I need, but... I need, I need to generate uh, her outfits and hair and all of that um it's it's a it's a it's a monumental world building task don't worry we can yeah we got time take your time all the time you need for this uh but the the palace of naboo is beautiful um i heard that you guys were going to go there to try and basically schedule an audience um so going with that um the the old hunk is reliably taking you guys over to the spaceport of theed uh, trailing, you know, b- beautifully arcing uh, rainbows and and a big plume of steam behind you as the oceans of Naboo dry off on your hull. You are able to get into the th- the Thedian spaceport, and the the palace of Naboo is put this. I always got the impression, and I liked my interpretation of this, is that there it's it's immense because much of it is like like public forum or almost almost like a public museum you know what i mean um like like a lot of the palace and the superstructure of the palace is accessible and there are more central areas that are actually used for housing the royal person and family that are very tightly guarded much more uh, much more controlled as opposed to some of the exterior portions of the building that are a combination of like public park, public museum, and basically open to the people of the municipality. So you're able to get into the public portion very easily, obviously, you're just wandering in. And can I get from 
somebody, anybody. I think I'm going to look for uh, like a negotiation role to kind of know what to do next to uh, to follow the right protocol for gaining an audience. I will try and succeed. Wow. Okay. Um, so Kiyama, you're able to find one of the uh, like the black clad and crimson helmeted royal guards. There's you know they're standing near a checkpoint, not not looking nervous or aggressive, um, just sort of calmly surveying the crowd, making sure that people keep moving. It, there, this is clearly some kind of entrance into a a more secretive and protected part of the castle, presumably where the royal person would be. These are, uh, these are some people to talk to if you want to try and begin the bureaucratic process of uh, speaking with Queen Olean. Okay, I guess I'll head up and in a moment of sheer panic, wishing that VC20 was there. Uh-huh. Um, and not, I mean, she has on her Jedi robes and stuff, but she's not trying to, she's not currently being secretive about it, that she's a Jedi. Um, and she's just assuming people recognize her. She's going to walk up to the guard and what time of day is it? Uh, it's like early afternoon. Uh, and I'll just sort of like nod my head to the guard and just say, uh, good afternoon. I was wondering if you could help us with some directions. Uh, one, one of them, uh, like a, like a dark skinned human man looks at the other uh, it's like a, like a medium toned human woman uh, and she kind of shrugs and the, the man looks back at you and he says, um, sure, I, we don't, he, he kind of like is looking around in pastures. We don't usually serve as tour guides or anything though. We're not necessarily here on tourism bits. Um, my name is Kiyama. I am a Jedi uh, and I'm here on some business. I was wondering if I need an audience with your queen. Uh, when when you say Jedi, his eyes get wide, not, you know, not with like shock or fear, but sort of, sort of like warily, like he's kind of reappraising you. And he says, all right, uh, easy now. Um, let's see the saber if you don't mind. And I'll just sort of uh, tuck my robe behind and show it on my hip. I'm not. And I'll just sort of raise my eyebrow like, is that enough? He looks it over and he nods and he looks at the, the woman next to him on guard duty and she nods. He says, hey, um, I'm going to take you to see the major domo, Gar Harris. Um, he can tell you what to do next. These, these three are with you. Any, any gestures to the, the rest of the party? And I nod, yes. He nods and um, he pulls something out of his vest, like his, his, his flak jacket. It's not clear his body's blocking it, but behind him, as he as he manipulates the gate in some way, like the heavy wrought iron that has been wrapped in like vines and creepers and flowering plants, breaks apart at an invisible seam and swings silently inward. And uh, people around are looking; they're like stopping to kind of stare at these people who are passing through the checkpoint, but. Since nothing else extraordinary is happening, people don't linger long. Any gestures for the four of you to follow him? I follow. Do I know that Mia is related to Padme? Good question. Um, probably not. Um, okay. I mean, Luke basically never talked about his heritage. Um, probably 
you knew that he that Vader was his father, but he explained that as sort of like a fact, not really as like a personal connection. Um, as far as you know, the most sentimental he's ever been um, is uh, you know that he also pushed for uh, his nephew to be named Anakin, but um, you've never you've never heard him mention Padme, probably. Okay, I was just curious. Okay, and um, yep. Uh, so the the guard leads you through a very quiet, um, very finely appointed garden, not dissimilar to the sort of the civic garden that is outside, except this has more, I guess, a historical bent to it. There are there are busts and uh, statuary in many places. Um, some of some of which are actually Gungan most of which are human depicting famous figures from the past. They don't seem to all be rulers, but uh, heroes, diplomats, generals, different people from the Nabooan history. And you pass through this open air uh, statue garden and back into another closed segment of the palace. The guard leads you down several hallways, up some stairs, and finally kind of parks you on a third-story balcony that looks almost like a mezzanine overlooking a huge river and waterfall that cut through the center of Theed. And he says, please uh, just wait right here. The the major domo is obviously a very busy man, but he's been alerted that you're here, and this is generally where he receives unexpected visitors. You being a Jedi, he will prioritize your visit. I'll and, nod my head and mm-hmm. and thanks. Yeah, uh, and he nods uh, and he walks off, um, but he actually stops like at a corner, um, less like he's returning to his post and more like he's just giving you guys a respectful distance. He's definitely still here, still being a guard. There are other people who pass through, kind of look at you curiously, but they're all very finely dressed, you know, where... Um, Women with very tall collars and long trains to their dresses. Um, men with extravagant colors to their breeches and the, to their overcoats. Um, and after about 20 minutes to a half hour, a middle-aged man, on the, definitely on the short side for a human man, probably about 5'4", maybe 5'5". Five five. Uh, but interestingly, very, like, powerfully built. Um, he's, he's a very, like, stocky guy, although he's gone a little bit um, to seed. He's got sort of a gut. And he's got, like, a huge, uh, almost like Fonzie hair, like the, like the slick back pompadour. Uh, but it is arched so dramatically that it is almost as tall as his head all over again probably putting him close to the six-foot mark where his hair is concerned. And he approaches and bows uh, very respectfully to you, Kama. He says, uh, Madam Jedi, I was not expecting your visit. Our notice that we needed to come here was uh, short, unfortunately, and we weren't able to send word ahead of time. I see. And uh, your companions? Um, I'll step aside and um, let them introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. I am the Queen's Majordomo, Gar Harris, and you'll be Lumio Organa, and he just points directly at you, Mia. 
And Mia's going to also sort of jump at that because she'd been considering not introducing herself with her mother's name because she was like, what if she was trying to use one of her brain cells and was like, (laughs) what if I make things worse by being an Organa rather than better? So maybe I should introduce myself as a solo and hope he doesn't know who Han Solo is. And nope, this dude has a sky fucking high core world. Did not work. So Mia's gonna sort she clearly like she's like, you know, like the middle schooler that's been caught without a hall pass. Like she's gonna sort of like wave wave a little awkwardly. And his gaze uh, now flickers over to Colette and he says, and you are a New Republic soldier. Is this um, this a visit of state, Madam Jedi? No. It is a relief. Jedi business. Interesting. Well, we can stay out here on the receiving platform. This is lovely. Or you can step into my office if this is clandestine Jedi business. And he, he actually like gives you sort of like a ironic little smile on the word clandestine. Mia's actually going to hesitate and she's going to say, would it be possible for me to call my mother? Certainly. Although I don't think you came all this way to use our phone. No. And she gives a sort of what she hopes is a charming smile. She's sort of imagining her dad, you know, it's just that our communication devices have not been particularly effective so far. And I would like to call my mother. Uh, He makes a gesture and the guard who escorted you guys here steps forward, stands at attention, like with with an actual salute for the major domo. And uh, Gar says, Laroon, take Miss Organa to one of the communication panels, please. The, the guard salutes and he looks over at Jumia and kind of gestures with his head. One, uh, this guard is once again uh, leading you specifically away from the rest of the group. Mia will follow him. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna say the guard is going to take you guys to his office. And uh, with that parting, I think this is actually a pretty good place to pause for the night. Cool. Sound okay. good? Yeah. If I'm I'm even, I just make big swings. Yep, basically. That session. Cool. All right. All right. This one was fun. Yeah, yeah was fun. I had a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm glad you guys are on Naboo. Finally, this is a uh, this is a big plot point. I will say that much. Oh, it has big plot point energy. It yes. does. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those times where it's time to go back to where a lot of things began to to Not unravel to where things are going to go. Not to quote Hillary Duff, but let's go back, back to the beginning. <laughs> Why wouldn't we quote Hillary Duff? He knows what she did. Uh, we should always quote Hillary Duff. So there Hillary, we are. Hillary Duff was very important to 14-year-old Brian. <laughs> so, I believe that. <laughs> um, very, very formative woman in my life. She's a very formative <laughs> woman a, in everyone's life. Yeah, she's, I think Hillary Duff has made that mark on... Many people of all genders. Yeah. Universally formative human being. Yeah. Hillary Duff. Yeah. Uh, between 12 and 14, the three most important women in my life were 
uh, Christina Aguilera, Shakira, and Hilary Duff. That's a good choice. That's a good, yeah, that's a good spread. That's a very good lineup. And it speaks a lot of the that time period of the yes. <laughs> it's a, it is it is a very very early knots puberty. 